when film criticism is as provocative as ever, Feelin' Film ventures to change the discussion from what we hate about a film to what we love about it. We judge more on emotional experience than technical merit, because every movie makes us feel something. Hey sports fans and non-sports fans alike, and welcome to another minisode of the Feelin' Film Podcast. I'm Patch, alongside my fellow podcaster and best friend, Aaron. Hello. And it's time for another donor pick. This month, we are celebrating that great American sport not called baseball with a movie that has just as much heart and determination as its central character. We're talking Rudy, man, and uh, the 1993. Was it an Oscar winner in any category? I don't think it was, but I maybe it should have been. would be very surprised. Well, in any case, I'm really glad that it came out on top with our voters there were some great choices out there, and we had a lot to choose from, but thanks to our Patreon subscribers, Rudy made the cut, and now we get to talk about it. Aaron, I'm ready to dive in. And so, without further ado, let's go ahead and give our spoiler warning up first. This is a 1993 film, so if you haven't seen it, we can sort of understand why, but we're shaking our heads going, why have you not? But if you're listening to this episode, it means you probably have. And if you're listening to this episode... It probably means that you're a feeling film vet. So for the rest of you guys, welcome and go away until you've seen this movie. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and get started. First of all, let's get our initial impressions out of the way. This was a film that I will go out and go ahead and say this is near to, near and dear to my heart. This is a movie that I watch every year around this time when football season is just about to kick off. Wow. Are we going to have those kinds of puns, intended or otherwise? Oh, but I like it. I like it. <laughs> In any case, this is a real favorite of mine. I'm not even a big Notre Dame fan, and I'll watch this at least once a year for a number of reasons, hopefully a bunch that we'll get into. But uh, Aaron, is this? Uh, do you have that same kind of passion for this, or is this something that you just sort of throw on in the background or what? Well, I'll be honest and say that I actually have not seen Rudy in many, 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 many years. I originally watched it when it came out when I was young, a teenager. And I know that I've seen it maybe a couple of times since then, but it's never been one that I've gravitated toward rewatching every year. There's, there's other football movies that I hold in a higher esteem than this one. You know, for me, it's Varsity Blues. Um, even any given Sunday, I, I rewatch that one uh, more often than this. Jerry Maguire, which is kind of not really a football movie like this is. But, you know, this one just never gripped me in the same way that it seems to have the masses. So when it came down to the voting, I'll go ahead and, and be up front and say we had a tie. And I had to break the tie because you were you were part of the voting already. Yeah, and sure I was. <laughs> I, since my, my dog was not in the race... Uh, varsity blues was not chosen at all so i decided to go ahead and pick this one because i knew that you loved it so much and it would be great to talk about and i'm glad i did because revisiting it now at the beginning of a college football season literally on opening week of college football season with my much much more adult <laughs> not gonna use ages but uh perspectives it changed the way that I that I view this film changed and some for the better and, and some for the worse, as we'll probably discuss. But, you know, it is an iconic movie, and I don't think that that can ever be taken away from it. Um, it's a uniquely told story in that 
Notre Dame doesn't have a lot of these, and Notre Dame is a historically iconic football program. Uh, so I, you know, I really like it, and uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that we covered it. It's got it's got some good stuff in there. I'm glad you mentioned that two things. One, that Notre Dame is a uniquely iconic university. It's especially when it comes to football. There's a book that came out several years ago. I think it was back in maybe the early 2000s called Bowls, Poles, and Tattered Souls. And it was a, a sports, at the time he was a Sports Illustrated writer, and he was talking about just the phenomenon that is college football and how it's unique from other, um, I guess, American sports. I think he just kind of, he limited it to the, to the American sports. And one chapter was dedicated to Notre Dame. In fact, it was called, like, either Who Cares About Notre Dame or What's the Deal with Notre Dame? And in it, in it he talked about the fact that they're the only university that I think, well, they're an independent, which is you know not unique. I mean, they're one of several independents, but they also are the only university, well, I guess until Texas, that has their own network in NBC. So right. all home games are always going to be on NBC. And they're just a uniquely just you know visual university. And so to have a film like this, filmed on location, which is one of two films that were done on location at the university, the other being a, a documentary, I think, about Newt Rockney. Yeah, I really want to see that. It's, it's from like the 20s or something. It's I think it's the, I think it's the 40s. Or the 40s, whatever, maybe. That's old school, yeah. One, one other point before we go on, because you mentioned it, is I found this in the trivia for Rudy. His name is actually pronounced Canute, like Rudy pronounces it in the film. Yeah. He preferred yeah. Canute. Uh, it just got shortened up to Newt you know, later in his life. Okay. Kind of like Shashevsky. He prefers to be called coach. Like that. That, that. Is he on the Muppets? Well, I, based on the, you know, how he spells <laughs> his name, you would think so. But instead of coach K <laughs> <laughs> anyway, really bad jokes are flying. So I'm going to go ahead and get us back into the frame of mind that we're supposed to be. The other thing that you brought up was this idea of, this is a story you, you mentioned that, is this a football movie or more than that? And I wanted to start the conversation by talking about something that we have mentioned in our podcast, but we've also talked about offline extensively. And that's about this notion of biopics and the historical accuracy of them. This is a fascinating topic. I'd love to be able to have a discussion either in our Facebook group, maybe more so through a, some kind of vocal thing, because I'd love to hear more people's opinions about this. But the first thing I wanted to ask you was, is this a biopic or is this a feel-good movie? And what kind of story is actually being told here? So I wanted to kind of open that up and ask you, what do you consider this? Is this is this one or the other? Is it both, neither? Well, going into it, Patrick, I would have told you this was absolutely a biopic. It's a movie about Rudy... Rutger, or how how do we say his last name? Rudiger. I was so close. Uh, and you know his very unique story as a walk on at the University of Notre Dame. This is this is a a path that many college football athletes do not actually ever see realized in their lives, and especially not at a university like Notre Dame at the time that he was there. I believe Joe Montana was the quarterback. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, or was there in a very similar time. He knew Rudy. 
Um, okay. I know that Mike Golick of ESPN was there uh, a few years after Rudy. This was the mid to late seventies. So, okay. um, yeah, or Bob Golick, sorry, his dad. Bob Golick, yeah, <laughs> I was like Mike Golick. He's not that old. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the point is that um, it, it was a, v- a very special time for you. Notre Dame. Was incredible at football, right? They were they were not the they've kind of fallen off since then <laughs> in the last ten years or so. So if you're comparing it, not the same. It's a, it was a big deal. So I went into it thinking more like, hey, this is a biopic. And actually, one of the things that happened to me while watching it was that I didn't feel it was as much of a biopic as I remembered. I really resonated with the emotional beats of the story. And what actually occurred for me was a little bit of a weird rabbit trail. As I was watching, I found myself questioning at times... Rudy's actions and wondering if maybe this wasn't a story that we should be rooting for blindly as much as as we do and so that led me to wanting to find out hey how accurate is this so I went and looked it up and lo and behold I found quite a few discrepancies and in hindsight now that I have read the true story or read more about Rudy, who at this point was you know, later in his life convicted of tax fraud, or well, he was not convicted, but he was accused of tax fraud by the, or not tax fraud, um, a Ponzi scheme uh, by the SEC, the Securities Commission. He had you know ran up eleven million dollars from investors who had given to him, uh, and he was capitalizing on his fame and his name from this this movie and this story. Which it kind of sours me, you know, going back and, and watching his story. Um, and, and just a few other things that were just not not quite right about the depiction that we get. Um, right. Specifically the fact that Rudy is never, the whole ending part is, is fabricated. Like Rudy was, he knew that he was going to be in the final game on Thursday when they put out mm-hmm. the rosters. The whole, my favorite scene, what probably would be my connecting point, if this were a full episode, would be the football team, the captain, and the rest of the team coming in and laying their jerseys on uh, Coach Devine's desk. Mm-hmm. Because that's such a powerful moment of, of teamwork and, and just camaraderie mm-hmm. and support. And none of that actually happened. Yeah. So I do find it affecting the way that I view the movie now. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me to enjoy it, I have to prepare myself mentally to watch it and not take it as a biopic, but take it as that feel good story, which was the other option. So, right. Does that answer the question at all? (laughs) It does. Absolutely. And it brings to mind the debate that I constantly have when I watch movies that start with the, the magical words based on a true story or inspired by actual events or anything in that realm. And I've even given myself rules to say, I'm going to give a movie a pass if it says inspired by actual events, more so that I'm going to give a movie a pass when it says based on a true story. But then, as a whole, even when those based on a true story films come to me and they have clear cut fabrications, for instance, the feel good movie Eddie the Eagle, which stars my favorite actor Hugh Jackman in which Hugh Jackman plays a character that doesn't even exist. He was actually created 
for the movie. Wait, Eddie the Eagle doesn't exist? No, Eddie the Eagle does exist, but his inspiration, his coach, this guy that mentors him throughout the film, played by Hugh Jackman, I forget the guy's name, does not exist. In fact, in some of the research that I did for Eddie the Eagle, it came to I came to realize that only about 10% of the film, just the major beats of the story, were actually the true things. All the other stuff okay. was sort of made up. Now, in doing the same kind of research for a movie like this and looking up trivia and things like that, I found that characters that don't technically exist in the film in actuality are are compositions. Composite characters. Composite mm-hmm. characters. Yep. And so that that brings me to a place of saying, okay, filmmakers are doing what filmmakers should do. And I'm not talking about documentarians at this point. I'm actually talking about filmmakers who are telling a story to get you to feel a certain way. And yes, I absolutely agree that documentarians should do that as well. But documentarians, there is a distinct difference that we can define between a documentarian and a feature filmmaker. One of those things is that a feature filmmaker is not necessarily under the moral constraint to include every fact or to even, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, tell the entire truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> and we can agree that in documentaries, there's a slant as well there because you can talk about different edits and things like that. I talked to Francisco about that with uh, man, or with our King of Kong episode, that even in the documentary, there were things that felt a little slanted to create a, you know, a villain and a hero story. And I think what Rudy does is it represents what I think a filmmaker wants to do, and that's tell the story and emphasize the things that inspire us about that story. Because if you told me that there was this kid that came from a small town in Indiana and worked hard and became, you know, was going to work in a steel mill, but he, he chose to work hard and he ended up going to the school of his dreams and getting to play for the school of his dreams that's a great story but at the end of the day it's not really inspiring to me i mean it's cool to read about and it'd be a nice little article in the penny saver or the reader's digest but then you take a film like rudy and you apply a lot of that inspiration and you emphasize it through composite characters and through dare i say it false facts or made up moments, particularly the scene with the players laying down their jersey so that Rudy could could start. And you emphasize the importance of what he's done. So you, you said that would have been your connecting point. I agree with the frustration of that. Absolutely. But I also agree, I also disagree because you were saying that would be your connecting point, except it wasn't real. So if this were no, 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 that's not what I was saying. I was saying it didn't actually happen. I was just saying we don't have a connecting point because this is not a full episode. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. If we can roll the uh, tape back. No, I'm saying I'm saying that would have been my connecting point if we were using a full episode because that scene is my favorite scene in the movie. But but I did later find out that that scene was false. Okay, so your logic for if it so your your connecting point wouldn't have changed based on that logic, right? Not not necessarily, no. Okay, that's what I was trying to... I was trying to get at what you were... Sorry, I was trying to figure... It sounded like what you were saying was not only because this isn't a full episode, but also because the events that actually took place didn't happen, your connecting point was now... wouldn't have have been that. That's what I was getting. Okay. 
So all that to be said, I still struggle with biopics because I know that they're never fully accurate depictions of what happens to a person in their life. They never fully realize the events that take place. But I also have to realize that when I go into a movie, I'm going to be primarily first and foremost entertained and educated second. Mm-hmm. And if if that's the case, then Rudy has satisfied my primary my primary goal of being entertained and even inspired to an extent. I, I but would I, I would ahead. agree, but I, I think where I'm coming now as more as an adult is I find it to be off-putting more often because it's false because it is not to me you are taking a mildly inspirational thing and you are exaggerating it and trying to sell it as an inspirational inspiring thing but if we're supposed to see rudy's awful uh, you know the awfully hard road to getting where he's getting and that's supposed to inspire us as a viewer but that actually isn't what happened and that isn't actually how it goes down like what are, are we is it real inspiration if we're being inspired falsely does, does that make I, sense yeah i i think you're exactly right but i also would say it is real inspiration if we're inspired period because okay. there are films out there that are fictitious that inspire us is that would would you agree with that statement yes absolutely okay so i think where i think where i think both of us are because I, I agree and disagree, but I'm more on the side of agreeing because I think what we're doing is we are, we are exploiting a historical truth for the sake of manipulating our emotions. You could, you could make that argument, absolutely, that the moments that inspire us, when you couple that with the fact that, oh, they're based on a true story, there's, this, there's almost a sense of doubling up on our inspiration and our emotion because we're going, wow that made me feel this. And plus it was based on an actual event. Like that really happened. Okay. Well now we just got duped. And so <laughs> the reaction of that is essentially, I'm not going to get inspired by that at all. <laughs> and I've felt that way in films, like films that make me feel incredibly good or inspired or heroic. And I find out that certain facts, especially facts that are depicted in the film didn't actually take place. Take my inspiration back a notch. Now, what they do, what they don't do, is they don't take away my enjoyment of the film as a whole. And I felt that's how I responded to Rudy this time around. And in subsequent viewings that I do every year, knowing the facts, knowing some of that spoilery stuff that happened in actuality, I've allowed myself to separate the man from the myth and enjoy the myth. And that may be me deluding myself or being delusional in that case. But I'm okay with that because I can, if I want to, if I want to know the true, authentic, like, give me the facts about Rudy, I'm going to go find somebody to, to document that for me and show me the facts. So I'm going to go read up on it. I'm going to go check out articles and things like that because my motivation now is to be educated and not entertained. So for me, I can make that separation and it doesn't bother me nearly as much because when I see film, I can't just be inspired by one person in film. I have to be inspired by an idea. And that's what film does for me is I get inspired and I get motivated and I get intrigued by ideas. And there are definitely ideas and themes in here that I still get inspired by. It's not just because it really happened to a guy. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. And I, and I think that for many, many 
listeners uh, and viewers of the movie, they're gonna they're gonna feel the exact same way as you. And I think there'll probably be a group of people that that feel the same way as I do, which is that I enjoy this film now much more just from an entertainment standpoint. I can watch it. I still can get choked up a little and, and root for Rudy, <laughs> but frankly, I'm not inspired anymore. I'm just yeah. not. I I actually was kind of frustrated with his character. If we could talk about it eventually, but um, there was there were just things that I just didn't, didn't care for about my 2017 self. And I think this is another cool thing about movies, you know that that we we don't always talk about. But is that a movie? Seeing a movie in 2017 based on where I'm at in my life, what is taking mm-hmm. place, and what my experiences recently have been gives me one viewing experience. My viewing experience when I was 15 years old and the movie came out, completely different because of who I am at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so that's totally cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a good one. So let's we've spent a ton of time talking about biopic and and uh, what's the other word? <laughs> feel good movie. Feel good movie. Feel good. Yeah. But it does make us feel good. So let's talk about why. Uh, okay. Because you love this. So why do you love it? Why do you love it so much? Well, I love all the true stuff that happens. At, no, I'm kidding. I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, first and foremost, this is this is not really a football movie in a lot of ways. It is a it is a a, a person's journey. And so from from here on out, can we just agree to refer to Rudy as a character, not necessarily a real person? So we can just talk. Yeah, no, no. Absolutely. The world of yeah, I'm okay. done with it. Yep. OK, so. When we look at Rudy as a character, we see this this journey that he takes, and it's not necessarily a hero's quest or anything like that. But we see from the very beginning a a, a kid who longs to do something. He longs to play football for the Irish, and the story that's being told here is that journey. And we get introduced to characters that are we could call them villains, we can call them antagonists. We can call others like protagonists or side, you know, sidekicks, things like that. In a lot of ways, ironically, the the priest that comes alongside Rudy is almost like his Samwise. You know, he's he's kind of an inspiration to him. He he gets him into Holy Cross and he continues to motivate him at just the right time. We get um, I can't remember the character, the guy's name played by Rock, uh, the the uh, the groundskeeper, Fortune. Uh, Fortune, thank you. And then Debop, we get these three characters. What kind of name, is, by the way? I actually wrote down a note. What kind of name is Debop? I mean, are we are we for real? I, I don't know. But if there was a rock study in there, I think we'd probably get a little bit closer oh, to it. Okay, never mind. Oh. <laughs> in any case, so you have this trio of sidekicks of people that are around him that help inspire him in, in various ways and push him forward. And I think that he's an everyman to me. Rudy is an everyman, a person that is very, in a lot of ways, very cliche. You know, you can reach for your dreams if you really try. But at the same time, he's got people around him that are being very real with him. Some that are very just outspoken. Some that come along and show him that he's more than just what he's aspiring to be, that he's got a lot more to offer. And and I think for me that that brings me a lot of entertainment because I love seeing how a character grows in relationship to the people around him, not just those that 
are antagonists to him, but those that are a supporting cast in an emotional way, in a motivating way. And when you put this story in a place like South Bend, Indiana, which is probably when you think football, at least for a long time, when you think football, it's Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame is a football town. I remember going there when I was in Chicago several years ago. I took a train up to South Bend and just walked around the campus. And I was like, I'm not, again, I'm not even a Notre Dame fan. And I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you got your touchdown Jesus. You got these golden domed buildings. And it's just immaculate. And there's something magical about Notre Dame as an idea, <laughs> not just mm-hmm. a university, but an idea. And so when you couple that with this everyman story, it's incredibly entertaining and it's a, it, it, it grabs me. It grabs me every time I watch it and you combine it with the, the supplementary football scenes, the practices, the, the fall, you know, like the autumn, you know, all the weather and things like that. And I'm like, Ugh, this is football weather. So that's another thing is I love this time of year. I love the fall. I love football. I love the crunching leaves and I love the cold weather. And this just brings all that in. And so, yeah, that that's kind of a long summary of why I enjoy it so much. Cool, man. Well, I I love Fortune and the relationship with Fortune as well. So composite character or not, I love the addition of him. I think he is a great mentor. I, I really dig the way in which he never feels sorry. Let's Rudy feel sorry for himself. He always pushes mm-hmm. him forward. He always... He's a groundskeeper who keeps him grounded, quite literally. Um, and 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 I think that he has his existence is necessary in this story for Rudy to overcome those moments where he does start feeling down on himself and where his determination wanes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that. I love they the screenwriting was was really well done for me. Uh, I think that there are there are several quotes in this that are just memorable lines, and this oh, is gosh. where this is where the inspiration I can take from it occurs. Um, where one of his teachers, when he's first getting ready to go, he wants to go to visit Notre Dame early in the film, and the teacher says, mm-hmm. "The secret to happiness in this life is to be grateful for the gifts the good Lord has bestowed upon us." Hmm. And I love that. Always makes me think back to Chariots of Fire, and you know, True. I run for His glory. That yeah. comment, um, and then of course Pete. Uh, his his best friend, and who tragically dies. Um, and but before that, he says his dad told him, "Having dreams is what makes life tolerable." And that love that quote. That is a fantastic quote. Like that's the best thing to me that comes out of this movie. Yeah, because that's something I can take with me forward. Um, I I really like a lot of the moments in this. Just there's it's like a collection of of good little snapshot moments more mm-hmm. than it is an A to B story for me. So the the time when Rudy stands up in the in the locker room he's supposed to be cleaning and he just ex- completely ignoring what Fortune is telling him to do he's walking around mm-hmm. he's calling out all the names he goes and he grabs a stool and pulls it to the middle of the room and stands up on it and starts giving a locker room speech like those moments when you can really understand not through exposition but through his actions yeah. you can feel the passion that he has that he must have to have in order to ever go through what he's going through to try and chase this dream. Yeah. And so I love that. I love that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's this determination in his character that 
I really latched onto. And it comes out in so many different ways that those that you mentioned, uh, there's this, there's this great moment where he's on campus and, um, he walks into Parsegian's office for the first time and introduces himself. I mean, dude, he, who's got the cojones to do that? This is a nobody That's who's talking to one of yeah. the more successful coaches in Notre Dame history. It'd be like me walking into the president's office and being like, uh, you know, uh, president, Mr. President, I just, I need to tell you, I'm, my, my name's Patch and I'm going to be working for you at some point, you know? So just the determination to be able to do that, there's where, where you latched on to, um, to fortune. I absolutely adored his relationship with Debop and how they connected, you know, <laughs> his, his use of GD notwithstanding, <laughs> <laughs> John Favreau. He doesn't do that anymore. He's not allowed. He doesn't. Not according to his. I, I assume wife. Now they're living in Miami. Um, but there's a particular moment where I think it's during one of the little montages. No, it's it's the it's the first time that Debob has said, "Okay, I tell you what, if you'll help me get a date, if you'll help me introduce me to some girls, I'll help you with your studies and stuff like that." And immediately Rudy's like, "Absolutely." And so as they're walking down the hallway. He sees this girl and he says, Hey, 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 that's a nice sweater. Hey, this is this is my friend Debop. You know, and Debop's like, stop, stop, just right now. It's like they've got a lot of work to do. But in that moment, you saw the beginnings of what I thought were very kindred spirits, two people that needed something. And more than anything, I think they both needed a friend. They needed somebody to latch on to, to hand out with or whatever. Because I, I don't know that a lot of I, I don't know that Debop had a lot of friends that didn't appear that he did. But with Rudy coming onto the scene, I think that there was something very cool about their their brotherly relationship that they both helped each other out, not only with their kind of logistical needs, but also their their friendship needs. They both needed people, you know, they needed to connect with each other. And so I really love that. John Favreau is just really great. I recently rewatched Chef, who they directed. Movie. Great. It's movie. a great it really is. I didn't like I liked it more this time around. Some of the issues that I had with it the first time were sort of minimal at this point. Uh, I became even more inspired to eat grilled cheese sandwiches and other incredible food. And um, so anyway, that's another story altogether. But yeah, John Favreau is, as Debop was really great. Uh, probably one of my favorite supporting characters. Well, I, I guess I, yeah, he's not for me. I, I, I get it. I understand. I don't, I don't, take away his necessity to the story um, he's he's it's cute it's cute it's it's not it's not anything special he's for the me. levity in the film for me yeah the there levity. you go I, I will give you that he is definitely the levity but seeing a young john favreau was was pretty cool um mm-hmm. as well as seeing his uh running mate and swingers there oh, yeah. uh vince that vaughn was fantastic vince vaughn is a that, young yeah. cocky running back that got cut down to the uh the scout team absolutely <laughs> so. Um, I, I also really like Rudy and O'Hare's relationship, even though it's, Mm. it's not, there's not a lot of screen time devoted to it. It's, it's quietly just a few moments, few scenes, quick scenes of dialogue between the two, um, you know, leading up there to that very, the very end moment when Rudy's in the game. But, um, I, I just, I like the way in which subtly we see these two different walk-ons from two completely different area ways of life they're there for two solely different reasons and, and under totally different circumstances and yet here they are connecting to each other and using 
a shared, you know, motivating each other at different times. So that's a pretty cool thing for me. Um, I love the obligatory training montage after he gets dumped. That's just hilarious <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and then I also really like, even though this to me was, this is one of those like emotionally manipulative things that just happens in this kind of movie. So you, you accept that going into it. But the moment when his dad gets the acceptance letter and reads it and actually acknowledges him briefly and mm-hmm. he starts telling people kind of quietly one by one, like, Hey, my son's going to Notre Dame. Oh, Hey, my son's going to Notre Dame. And then he gets on the, right. gets on the mic and tells everybody in the steel mill that, you know, Rudy's going to Notre Dame. And then it's interesting scene too, because even in the midst of that, right after he does that, he says, Hey, do you want to, Hey, can you, are you coming to work? <laughs> like he still doesn't understand it but he understands enough to realize in that moment very briefly that my son achieved this goal and he genuinely, it was, it was in fact, the fact that he so quickly transitions back to, Hey, do you want to come back to work at the steel mill and doesn't understand it fully makes the brief appreciation that much more genuine and meaningful. Yeah. See, I read that a little differently because just before that, if we had to, if I had to pick a connecting point, it's going to be the moment that he realized that he, that he reads the letter and gets into Notre Dame and that whole, uh, that whole moment when he starts crying, he says, thank God. I mean, I'm going to tear up every time I see that scene because up to this point, I've been on this journey with him and I want him to get into Notre Dame. That moment afterwards with his dad was equally as inspiring, but the moment that he switches over and says, Hey, do you want to come work in the mill? Here's where I think the story changes because to me, Rudy is a combination of two stories. It's the story of Rudy getting into the university. And then from there it's Rudy getting to play on the field. Okay. So his end goal, you know, we realized that it's actually in two parts. It's two acts and having that moment to transition there. He says to his dad, I have to get back. Uh, tryouts are this week. And there's this dead silence. Like, and he's essentially, he's saying, my journey's not over. It's only half done. I've gotten into the university. Now the real, now the, now the next goal needs to be achieved. And for him, probably the mo- more important goal, and that's to play football at, at Notre Dame, not just to get in. And so to me, that was interesting to watch that this time around, to see those two distinct things happening. And I think that the more important one for him was getting to play because there's this almost physical and metaphorical journey to the field. I mean, we see him, you know, there's a progression of him being an outsider looking in. Well, ultimately, you know, starting out watching it on television, then being an outsider looking into the stadium, working the grounds, then being a fan in the stands becoming a student at Notre Dame, then an athlete on the practice field. And then finally that last moment, that last quote, inspirational moment, (laughs) he gets to play on the play in the actual game. That reminded me, it just, it reinforced the fact that that was his goal the whole time was to play. And it, it got me asking something that was kind of bittersweet is the, the idea of him getting to the field and, really being involved in like at the most two plays was it worth it for him i mean it sounds like it was for him but for us do you think it would you see it as worth it i would say 
I have two perspectives on this, and w- okay. one perspective is that if you achieve any goal, it's worth it because you have okay. worked and made effort, put out effort to achieve a goal. However, this is where I struggled and had an issue with the film as a movie around this time around, and that is the character of Rudy to me had some some flaws in his the way he which he went was so determined and went about this goal things like the fact that he over and over repeatedly has issues with his grades but yet he knows that that is a necessary part of getting into Notre Dame however he doesn't care about that in high school enough to make it the way it needs to be so he can get into Notre Dame mm-hmm. he then goes into community college and again we see a scene where it's almost like he's he's like oh yeah you know i haven't 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 put enough effort into that yet but i will and then he doesn't (laughs) again and so we see him continually fail in this area and it kind of kind of somewhat cheapens his determination to me because i feel like if you really were that determined i mean he meanwhile he's doing all of these other things to try and get himself in but the one thing he has utter control over is his grades. And he, for a long time, shuffles that off, sloughs off that responsibility. Mm. And so that, that kind of bothers me. Um, and, and then there's, there's just also this idea of he, he has a, a fiance or a, a, a girlfriend that wants to marry him. Um, whatever that relationship is to them. Um, he has a, a steady job, whether it's a, a good job or not. He has a, a mm-hmm. job in, in the steel mill. And so there's a, a feeling of slight irresponsibility in a sense that yeah. he's not going there to get the education because that's really not what he wants. He wants to be on the football field for two plays. And is it worth that? I, you know, I guess it's a question that obviously each person has to answer for themselves. Right. Um, you know, but if I'm in Rudy's life, I'm not sure that I wouldn't have similar reactions to his dad at some time, at some point, you know, yeah. his dad's, his dad's not mean about it the way that his brother Frank is. His brother Frank's just a jerk. And I, I don't like his brother Frank, obviously, <laughs> um, who, who also is a composite character, by the way, Rudy said of everybody that ever, ever, discouraged him and told him he couldn't do it it rolled Mm -hmm. up into one but the way that his dad acts um it makes sense to me he he, he's quietly and he's quietly hopeful for him and wants to see him succeed but he also knows the risk that he's taking and doesn't quite see the worth that you're talking about so for, for me i don't personally think it would be worth it for me <laughs> right but I, I well it's there's a lot that you said that i agree with i i think that there are moments when i, I did not pick up that he was being a slacker with his grades i think it looked to me it looked like he was trying as hard as he could i do think that early on his tunnel vision for getting to notre dame stifled his relationships at home, particularly with his potential fiance. And there's this really, I almost felt like she came out of character, like the actress came out of character when they were walking down the sidewalk and she was about to show him this house that they were going to live in. And she was telling him in this great, just 
supportive wife of the, you know, of, of this era, of, you know, potential wife of this era. You're going to love it. It's got this and this and this. And he's just not into it. And she goes, listen, buddy. I mean, it's like she just kind of waylaid on him verbally. She goes, I've put in a lot of time with this. I've waited and I've waited. And she basically said, you're going to, you know, it's my turn now. You know, you're going to, you're going to deal with this. And she comes across as a little jerky, but looking back, I'm going, yeah, she had a right. I mean, at some point, your dreams can be very misguiding. They can be very detrimental. And while we love to get behind that theme of, man, never give up on your dreams, sometimes I love that you mentioned uh, early on that quote by uh, the, the, the priest in the classroom regarding gifts. And I love that coupled with fortunes. You're five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. But you're getting a you're getting a, a degree from the University of Notre Dame. You know, he puts things in perspective. And we we miss that as a general audience because we're so inspired by the story of Rudy. We miss the actual realism that I think personally is a good thing. I think it's good to have inspiration and realism mixed in together because what happens is and going back to the priest early on, he quotes, the thing about dreamers is that they aren't really doers. And there's some truth to that, that we could become the Walter Mitty's in our lives where we just constantly think about, you know, what could be, and we live in this daydream and we live, you know, we talked about it on the safety, not guaranteed mini. how we live in the past at the best parts of our lives. And that's very dangerous because we don't, have this balance of dreams and reality and how they can actually make us better when we balance them. If we live our lives strictly to chase our dreams, man, we're going to be chasing something forever. You know, because once we achieve that dream, there's always going to be something else that's going to chase us forward, but is it making us a better person? And so in that regard, I definitely agree that it sort of taints the character of Rudy because he sort of, he might inspire a lot of people, but he's left a lot of damage in his wake. Yeah. So. Yeah, he he has. But he he you know, at the end of the day, it ends on a high note. Um, it does. Literally on a high note with him on shoulders of the Notre sure. Dame players. Um there's a great quote actually by Bob Golick. It was funny I was reading. He said, "Yeah, that whole thing about Rudy being the the only the second player, you know, in history up to 1970 years or whatever it was that was carried off the film." He's like, "That's complete BS. I got a concussion once and they carried me off on a stretcher." <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, I know we're we're almost at time here, but the 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 uh, the score, Jerry Goldsmith is the composer. I did not know who this guy was, but I liked the score a lot. The rousingness of the horns that are used in the main kind of Rudy theme, I really enjoy the main Rudy theme. I thought the score was great, and it was it was subtle. It wasn't overpowering in a way in mm-hmm. which it took over a scene. It was in the background. It was uh, enhancing. And I really liked it. I, I looked up Jerry Goldsmith. This guy has like a bazillion Oscar nominations. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a, one of the most renowned composers that we've had. And just, I, no one probably knows his name. Very few people probably <laughs> know his name. So. Yeah. I thought that was is, neat and worth mentioning. He's a composer behind some of my favorite films. Hoosiers is, a, is another one, and you can hear some of the similar themes from Hoosiers and Rudy. Same director. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes. So oh. 
I was shocked to this. David Anspaugh directed Rudy and Hoosiers. Go figure. Wow. Well, that's got to come on the schedule at some point. Maybe part of a theme month or something. Who knows? Maybe when basketball season rolls around, we'll do Hoosiers or something. Nice. But yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Jerry Goldsmith uh, was my number one until Hans Zimmer came along, and that doesn't denounce or take away from anything that Goldsmith does as a whole. He's still amazing. In fact, I think one of my favorite, if not my favorite musical track in terms of my score library is tryouts. It's the scene right after Rudy tells the, is told, uh, tells his dad, Hey, I've got to get back for, for tryouts. That whole scene is fantastic. And the, one of the main reasons why is because that song tryouts and how it builds and builds and builds. And then you have dun, dun, dun. It's so good. I will blare that thing in my car, like maybe two or three times a week during football season, whenever I'm ready to like, if I, if I need to get inspired to go do something or just if I want to hear loud music, that's incredibly inspiring. Cause even if the story's not inspiring, that track alone is inspiring. So take that with you guys. Cause it's, it's worth listening to. That's awesome. Well, listen, we're just about out of time. And uh, I want to say thanks again to our our Patreon supporters for for voting and for those of you in I guess I guess including myself who voted for this film. It was really fun to talk about. I, I love getting a chance to to talk not only about the films films specifically, but kind of how they affect us in different ways, particularly with the the biopic versus uh, feel good aspect of it. I loved talking about that. If you guys want to continue the discussion, we'd love to hear what you guys think of Rudy and of some of the talking points that we brought up on this mini-sode. And you can do so by kind of hollering at us in the Facebook group. There's a lot of good discussion that goes on there. If you want to talk to us individually, I know you can reach me at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at Shoeless Patch, S-H-O-E-L-E-S-S-P-A-T-C-H. Or uh, you can reach me at my website, thisispatch.com. Find out more about me. And also uh, the the website or the the website feelingfilm.com. And if you'd like to talk to me further, you can reach me anywhere on the web at Aaron L White A A R O N E L W H I T E. That's on Twitter and at Facebook. And you can always find me in the Facebook group, talking all the time, constantly. So come join us there. It's a lot of fun. We will be putting out here in the next few days, early September, we'll put out our September donor pick voting. So there is still time to join the Patreon supporters group and be a part of the voting crew to pick that next movie. We will be lining that one up with our theme of book to movie month. So we're not sure exactly what's going to be in the voting list, but they will all be something that was a written work that has been adapted to film. Uh, Lastly, I just want a quick plug there's a film that came out a couple of years ago. Another great story about a walk-on. It's called Greater, and it is about a man named Brandon Burlesworth. It's a little bit of a tragic story, um, and ultimately probably the greatest walk-on story in the history of college football. Uh, unlike Rudy, he he did actually go from a walk-on to a full, full-fledged player uh, and earned incredible accolades, uh, even has the, the trophy the annual trophy that is given to the the top walk-on in college football named after him now. So the movie's called Greater. came out a couple years ago. Check it out. I think you might enjoy it if you liked Rudy. Thanks for that plug, Aaron. Uh, I'm going to watch it at some point in the next two weeks. I it I know it involves Brandon Burlesworth, an Arkansas player. I know he's uh, near and dear to your heart. For 
Where's the edit button? Pig Suey <laughs> Razorbacks. Hey, just letting you know, uh, Aaron, if it doesn't rain this week, I'm actually going to go to uh, Arkansas's home opener at Florida A&M. Ooh, yeah. So just well, letting you know that. i got some free A&M. tickets. Florida so A&M's be, uh, coming here to Little Rock. Home opener, Little Rock. You said, here, you said at I Florida am. A&M. What's that? You said at Florida A&M. I was just No, no, I said home opener with Florida A&M. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if whatever, you know what I meant. <laughs> I hope you do go. Home, but it, it's probably going to rain because of the uh, the hurricane. So, you know, whatever. I don't want to sit in the rain that long. That's what it's going to be like for Florida A&M on the field. Like a hurricane. Oh. <laughs> Woo, pig. Sorry. We should probably <laughs> stop recording before I just get off on a college football tangent. I, you know, it's too late for that. <laughs> Well, thanks again, guys, for listening. We appreciate all the support you give us, not only through uh, conversation, through listening, and also through through Patreon. We're just grateful for everything that you guys do to help keep the show moving forward. And uh, until next time, as we always say, stay positive. And go Hogs go! Whatever.